Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. Today, though, we are going to be talking about love, and we're going to define love. And so whether, no matter where you're at in your uh, relationship status, whether you're single and ready to mingle, right, or you're married, or uh, you're not single, you're, you are single and you're not ready to mingle, whatever, you're, whatever stage of love or relationships that you're in today, I want you to know this series is for you, and uh, we're going to be addressing some truths that are in God's Word today. Uh, and so, hey, would you do this for me before we crack open the Scripture? We pray with me. Father God, we feel your presence in the room. We're thankful for an incredible time of worship. God, we thank you for your word that's going to go forth today. We ask uh, that you let it fall on good soil, God, that our hearts and our minds are prepared for everything that you have for us today. God, speak through me, use me, uh, and anoint the words that come out of my mouth. Let everything that's, that I say today be of you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so in culture today, you know, the, lo- the word love or the 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 feeling a lot of times is, is of love is defined in a lot of different ways, right? It, it seems almost as, as if in culture right now uh, that love is a kind of has a fluid definition. You know what I'm saying? And so everybody has their own meaning of love. Everybody has their own view of love. And most of those viewpoints, most of those definitions are formed out of a, out of a lens, right, that whatever that person has been through. So my personal experiences, and that's kind of the, the label that we put on love. And so if you've had bad experiences with love or if you've had bad experiences with a, a father or a mother, and so you, you kind of connect those things with love. And so we view love through these, these kind of jaded lenses. And so this morning, I just want to tell you that if you're a believer in the house, uh, that I, obviously we all have experiences, we have, all have personal experiences with relationships and love and all of that good stuff. Uh, but this morning, if you're a believer in the house, then the only lens that we're allowed to view love through is the, the, the lens of the Holy Spirit and the lens of God's Word. And so today, we're going to look into God's Word to see what He says about love, uh, and He defines it so very clearly. But uh, we here at Pathway, we, we believe in, in the Word of God. We believe it is, it is not failing. It's never changing. Uh, we believe it's authoritative. And so, you know, God without the Bible is always adultery. Any, any version of, of Jesus or God without the Bible is adultery, idolatry. And so because you'll end up creating a God that looks like you, right? I begin to, to, to cast my views, cast my vision, cast my experiences on God, and that's how I, how I view him. And so we create our own image of God. We create a, a God that looks like us, that behaves like us, that acts like us. But can I tell you this morning that it's scripture that keeps you aligned. It's scripture that keeps you on task. It's scripture that keeps you and makes you holy. It's scripture that keeps you rooted and grounded. And so I don't have, if I don't have the word of God in my life, if I don't have the Bible in my life operating actively, then I create a God that looks like me and that sounds like me and that talks like me and it has the same strengths as me. It has the same weaknesses as me. And so this morning, before we jump into love, we got to know that, that, that love, true love starts right here in the Word of God. And so we're going to crack open the scriptures this morning and we're going to define uh, what love is. So what is true love? What is true love? We're going to answer that question in uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. It says this, but anyone who does not love does not know God. For, anybody know it? God is 
love. That's it, we're done. You guys can go home. God is love. That's the definition of love. Just kidding. Sit down. I see you back there. Sit down. We're not done. Uh, God is love, okay? God is love. And so if God is love, therefore love cannot be anything that defies the character of God. I'm going to say that again. If God is love, if you're a believer in the house and you believe in this Bible that we're talking about, if God is love, then love, love in your relationships, love in your marriages, love in your, your friendships, if it looks anything that is opposite of the characteristics of God, then it's not love. And so love cannot be anything that defies the character of God. There's four main types of love uh, that are found in the Bible, uh, the Greek words, and we're going we're gonna to look at those really quickly. We're not going to jump into them, into them too much, uh, but all of them are different and all of them are given by God and from God and they are, they are, they are for us to use and to, to re relate to one another in. And uh, the first one is storge, storge. Look at your neighbor and say, storge. Say, you look like a storge. I dated a storge. No? Uh, this week, I mean, this Greek word describes a, a family love, right? It's the, the affectionate bond that develops naturally between parents and children and brothers and sisters. Storge is a, is a family love. Uh, the second one, many of you guys have probably heard this one. It's philia. Philia. It's a type of deep love in the Bible that most Christians practice towards each other. Uh, this Greek term describes the powerful emotional bond seen in deep friendships, right? Brotherly love. Anybody? Philadelphia fly equals fly. Baby, Jalen Hurts. And, no, nobody. Come on. We got to get them Bamba boys. We got to get those rings. Let's go. Philadelphia, brotherly love. That's, that's that love, right? The next one that the Bible talks about uh, as a married man, this is my favorite one, all right? It's called eros, right? Eros. And it's the Greek word for sensual or romantic love, right? It's reserved for marriage. Uh, it's that Barry, that Marvin, right? You know what I'm talking about. It's that love, right? <laughs> hey, he said it last week. I'm just going to remind you. It's that, it's that no ringy, no dingy love, right? That, <laughs> the sensual stuff. That's eros. And uh, finally is agape. Agape is, most of you have probably heard that term before, agape love, is the highest of the four types of love in the Bible, this term defines God's immeasurable, incomparable love for humankind. It's the divine love that comes from God, uh, and it's perfect in every way. And Jesus demonstrated this love to us uh, and from his father. His father, God, uh, uh, presented this love to us in John 3.16. You all know it, but for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have ever, uh, everlasting life or eternal life. Somebody say, he gave. He gave. This morning, listen, can I tell you that God so loved you that he gave. God so loved you that not only did he give his son, he gives his attention, he gives his power, he gives his Holy Spirit. God so loved you that he gave. And if he shows his love by giving, then how much more should we show our love by giving? Right? That's, that's the greatest way that we can show our love for Jesus. That's the greatest way that we can show our love for people is to give, to give of our time, to give of our resources, to give of our energy, to give of ourselves out of a place of sacrifice. There is nothing that, that people desire more than someone that will look at them and say, hey, you matter. I believe in you. Right? I'm, I'm here to stand with you. I see the potential in you. And so God calls us, call, God calls us to give, to show our love by giving of ourselves, and he models that for us in John 3.16. The greatest way that you can show love 
is to give. And so we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting in verse 1. Uh, and we're going to talk about the, the importance of love. We're going to talk about some characteristics of what love looks like. And I'm just going to open the, open the word and read it to you and, and let it do the talking. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 1 says, If I could speak all of the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. I know some noisy gongs and some clanging cymbals in my life. Anybody got any noisy gongs and clanging? Nobody? They just, they bull in a china shop, right? No? I'm going to keep reading. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient. It's kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. Come on. It's not irritable. On Monday morning, it's not irritable. Right? It's not irritable. I'm not preaching that to my wife. I'm preaching that to me, right? <laughs> I'm going to keep going. Keep going. It's not irritable. Okay? It keeps no records of being wrong. Man, this is good stuff. This is, we're not even talking about marriage today, but this is marital counseling 101. Keeps no record of wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but re rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful. It endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Come on. We've got people that, that say, you know what, I've got the gift of prophecy, but they're rude, right? They're brash. I, I, I can... I can I've got faith that can move mountain, mountains, but when I go out to eat, I don't tip because I'm greedy and stingy. Come on. I can speak in other tongues, but I can't speak life over my, my, my partner or my, my spouse. I'm going to say that again. I can, I can speak in other tongues, but I don't speak life over my spouse. And so if we're not showing love, if we can do all of those things, that's great, man. That's, that's incredible that you can do that. But if we're not loving the people that God has placed in our lives, then we're not doing what we're called to do. As a pastor, if I have better words for you, the bride of Christ, than I do for my own bride, for my own children, for my own family, then I shouldn't be on this stage, right? And so, men, love your spouses. We're not talking about marriage. I already talked about that. But, but men, love your spouses. Speak life into your spouses. Speak life into your children. Speak life into your families. There's so much power in the tongue in general, but as the head of the household, there is so much more power. The things that you say matter. The things that you do matter. Love your kids. Speak life into those situations. We say, you know what? I hear this all the time, y'all, and, and I'm guilty. I'll, raise, I'll be the first one to raise my hand. I hear this all the time. You know, you'll, you'll say something, man, why are, you so, why are you so rude or why are you so brash, right? And people just say, what, what do they say? Anybody know? That's... That's just how I am, right? I just heard somebody say, that's just how I am, right? That's just how, that's, I was born that way. That's just how I was raised. Listen, that's not an ex acceptable excuse to live immaturely. That's not an acceptable excuse to live outside of the boundaries that God has placed on our lives. We can't just say, hey, that, it, it's just me being me, right? I'm just going to be me. We hear that all the time in culture right now. That's, that, that seems to be the thing. Let me just do me, Right? Listen, I can't, I'm going to be honest with you. Can I just be honest with you this morning? I can't just do me. I can't just be me because guess what? Me is selfish. 
I'm selfish. I'm not a very good father when I'm, when I'm me, right? I'm not a very good husband when I'm me. I'm not a very good pastor or a friend when I'm me. We can't just be me. God hasn't called me to be me. He's called me to look like him, right? Come on. We're not called to just be me. We're called to look like him. In Lamentations chapter 3, it tells us to examine our ways, right? Examine our ways, not accept our ways. When you were born again, when you received Jesus, it says you are a new creation. You're not a, you're not a, a watered-down version of who you used to be. You're not a clean version of who you used to be. You're a, you're a new creation. And so when God, create, when, when God rose you up out of, that, out of that dead man, those dead man clothes, right, he created a new creature, a new person, a new identity. And so me being me is not sufficient. I can't love people the way God's called me to love people if I'm me. And so this morning, I want to challenge you, don't just settle for you being you. Don't do, don't do the new you, right? Everybody, it's not New Year's anymore, but it's still close enough. New me, new, new, you know, new year, new me, right? New year, new me. Most of the time, it never, that never, like lasts like two weeks, right? So that's expired. Anybody still going to the gym? Anybody? No, not a hand in the house. That's by people. Where he, that's where, that's it. We got a couple right here. A couple of tryhards right here. <laughs> Listen. That stuff doesn't usually last, right? And so we have to look to the scriptures and say, God, will you, will you search my heart? Will you search my heart? Will you show me how to love my family better? Will you show me how to love my friends better? Will you show me how to enter into relationships, how you've created me to live in relationship? And so does your love look like God? That's the question for you today. Does your love look like God? And if not, it's not love. If your love doesn't look like God, then as a believer, it's not love. And so that's the hard truth that we've got to look at today. Listen, we've talked about love. The church, we, we love to talk about love, right? Everybody loves everybody. It's a happy place. But we rarely walk it out the way that we're called to walk it out. And so today, I would just challenge you that today, before you walk out of this room, that you would just search your heart and say, God, what are some places in my life that I need to look at? Where can I grow? Where can I get better? Where can I love people better? And I believe that today the Holy Spirit will reveal that to you. You know, we already read 1 Corinthians 13, but I love the ESV version of, of verse 7. It says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And so we're going to touch on those four things really quickly. Um, four things that love does. And the first thing we just read it is bears, Right? It bears the burdens of the people that you're in relationship with. It bears the weight of responsibility. Listen, if you're in this room today, if you're sitting over at Foley or at airport campus right now, then God has called you to love. If you're in the room today, God has called you to love. I had a pastor, uh, he's, he's passed away at this time, man. He was just an incredible guy. He was my, it was my first time uh, being on staff at a church and uh, Pastor John used to say this all the time, every member a minister, right? Every member a minister. Listen, if you're sitting in these chairs and you love Jesus and you claim to be a follower of him, you're called to love people. You're not called to sit in a chair and, and keep it warm for the next service, right? You're, you're called to love people. And so if you're, if you're on the sideline, if you're, you're saying, hey, you know what, I just show up to church and I do my thing and then I go home and then it's just back to the same old, same old. Listen, today I want to challenge you to take the next step and say, hey, it's not just a Sunday morning faith, it's a Monday morning faith when I'm feeling irritable and I haven't had my coffee yet. Come on. And I haven't, I haven't, I woke up, 
Listen, I woke up and my, my wife's, I'm not going to say that. I woke up and my, I woke, I got to be careful, y'all. She's right here and she's pregnant too, you know. She's sitting on the front row and she's pregnant. I ain't even going to say nothing about that either. She, she's pregnant. So I love you, baby. I love you. Listen, you wake up and your kids, their breath stink. You know what I'm saying? And, and they woke up two hours before your alarm was supposed to go off. Anybody got one like that? I got a three-year-old that likes to wrestle in the morning. And I'm like, bro, I'm going to choke slam you for real. All right? Listen, on Monday morning when that time comes, what, what's your love look like? Does your love look like God in those moments? And so it's easy to come into this room and to lift our hands and to sing about our God uh, and sing about love and, and a reckless love. That's, that sounds so romantic. sounds so beautiful, right? But it, it's really easy to forget about that reckless love on, on Monday morning. And so my challenge to you this morning would be to say, hey, not, not just when you leave here today, but when you wake up in the morning, God, search my heart. Does my love, does my life look like you? And if it doesn't, then it's time to change some things, right? It's time to make some better choices, some better decisions this morning. Come on, will you just give God some praise this morning? And I, I'm going to tell you this. I probably shouldn't tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this anyway because I got the mic and <laughs> it's too late, you know. I, I've, got, I've got the mic. I was typing. This is probably stupid, but I was, I was typing out my notes, you know. And in school, I felt like I was pretty good at English. Like grammar was a, I had a great and incredible grammar teacher, Miss Snow, my favorite teacher of all time. If you're watching this, I love you still. Um, I still use uh, your, how, you, how to make an outline and all of that stuff. You're, you're, the, you're the woman, right? And so I had an incredible English teacher. I was good at spelling and all those things. But I was typing up my notes and I, and I wrote that out. I said, love bears. And I spelt it, you know, B-E-A-R-S at first. And I was like, Bears, man, that just, like, that's a bear, right? That's, that can't be right. So I typed it B-A-R-E-S, and then I read it, and I was like, that's definitely not it. You know, that's that, that's that Eros love that we were talking about, that one that we're not talking about today, right? It, it bears all things. That's not the one we're going to be talking about. So I, I, I typed it back. Sorry, that was so dumb. You, I, you didn't need to know that, but you do, right? And so love bears all things. It bears the burdens, you were placed where you're at for a reason. You were placed in the circle of influence that you're in for a reason. And God has called us to bear one, another bur one another's burdens. God has called us to bear the, the burdens of our family, to bear the burdens of our friends. You're not meant to do life alone. You're not meant to do life alone. Pastor Adam right here, this is a good one for you, a good, a good spiel for you. If you're not in a small group, get plugged into a small group. We're not meant to walk this thing alone. We're not meant to carry this load along. So love bears all things. The second thing it does is it believes, it believes, somebody say believes. It believes in the people that God's placed in your life. It believes in the people that are placed in your circle of influence. Your lack of belief in somebody says more about you than it does about them. And so God, if, if, if we're to love people like God says we're to love people, we're supposed to believe the best in people. And so when I look at you, when I look at my kids, I, I have to believe the best in them. I have to believe that God has a plan and a purpose for their life. When I look out in this crowd, I see people who are called by God and chosen by God. I believe in you. And I'm not just saying that. I believe that you have a purpose. I believe that you're chosen. And so we have to believe in the people that God has placed us in relationship with. We have to believe in them. Number three is this, it hopes, hopes. 
Don't lose hope. It doesn't matter the circumstances. Love never loses, loses hope. We always have a hope in Jesus. We always have a hope. As long as there's air in my lungs and Jesus is still sitting on the throne, there is hope. And so it doesn't matter in sickness. That's why we say in, in marriage, we say in sickness and in health, when there's no hope, when the bills aren't paid and we don't know where the money's coming from, there's hope. And so love hopes. There's hope in Jesus. Number four is this. It endures. It endures. There is nothing that my kids, I say this, there is nothing that my kids could do to separate them from my love. My love for them will endure any situation, any hardship. I know there's going to be hard times. I know they're going to go through some stuff. I know they're going to say some stuff and do some stuff that, that I don't approve of, that God doesn't approve of. But love endures through those things. Love endures through those situations. I told you about my son who likes to wrestle really early in the morning, right? That kid, I love him to death. But he is wild. He's wild. He takes after his mom. He's, <laughs> it's crazy. He's a wild one. And listen, listen, if you work for DHR, just close your ears really quickly, okay? But, but my son, there is nothing more that, that, would be, that would satisfy me more sometimes than just to put him on a tee and punt him across, <laughs> straight across my living room, right? There is nothing that would make me more happy to do that sometimes, right? But love endures. Love endures through those tough times. Love endures through my annoyances, Right? Love endures. It survives. Loving people is difficult. Come on. Anybody? Anybody know that? Come on. Loving people is difficult, but there's nothing in life that's worth having that's not tough, right? There, there is nothing in life that's worth having that isn't difficult. There will always be pain in loving people. And when we look at God, when he sent Jesus to die on the cross, although it hurt the father because we see he had to turn his head, it hurt him. Uh, to see his son in pain, but the assignment was greater than the anguish, right? The assignment was greater than the anguish. The assignment that Jesus was going to come and he was going to share love to people like you and like me was greater than the pain that he was feeling in the moment. Listen, you're called to love people and the assignment is greater than the pain that you're going to experience. People are going to hurt you. People are going to turn their back on you. People are going to stab you in the back when you turn around. But the assignment is worth the pain. People need you. Somebody needs you today. You're going to reach people that I can never reach. You might be the only Bible that someone reads. And if you give up just because they hurt you or they gossiped about you or they said this or that, then they may never find Jesus. And so the people that have been placed in our life are worth the pain. They're worth the pain. Anguish is never, inadequate, is, is never adequate reasoning to abort our assignments. I'm going to say that again. Anguish is never adequate reasoning to abort our assignments. We have been called to love, and that love takes priority over our pain. Jesus never said it would be easy. Jesus never said it would be easy. People matter. Relationships matter. Who we choose to do life with matters. Come on, somebody. And so how do you know... How do you know that the relationship is right? I'm not, just, I'm not talking about marriage or just dating. I'm talking about relationships in general. People that, you, that you're going to do life with, right? How, how do we know that the relationship is right? And I heard someone say this and it's stuck with me ever since. You have to ask yourself the question, is, is that someone that you would want to suffer with? Is that person someone that you would want to suffer with? 
And so when you're looking for a spouse, when you're looking for, for when you're dating, and, and you know what, I, I'm not going to do this right now because I don't, I don't want to single anybody out. But if you're single and ready to mingle, then we have uh, some singles that are in this group. We'll get you connected. We'll get you hooked up. It'll be, it'll be great. There's, there's no better place to find, find a boothang than in church, right? There's, there's no better place. I told y'all I'm a, I'm a student pastor at heart. I got to stay on, I got to stay on task. I got to stay on task. I've got ADHD, ADD, ABCDFG, all that. I got all of it. I got all of it. And I don't take medicine for it. I just, I take caffeine. I had somebody tell me and it's, 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 it's coursing through my veins at this moment. And so, <laughs> love comes with suffering. And all the married men said, amen. Come on. <laughs> love is a choice. Love is a choice. All of Paul's descriptions of love are choices. They're not emotions. Love is not an emotion. It's an action. It's a verb, right? It's a choice. I wake up every day and despite being annoyed or despite whatever, whatever dumb thing we argued about last night, I look at my wife in the face and I choose to love her, right? I choose to be a man of God to her. I choose to love my kids, Love is a choice. And so today we have to make that choice to love people like God loves people. It's a choice. It's not an emotion. And so I want to talk to you about really quickly. I'm going to jump into the book, the book of Ruth. We're going to talk about Ruth. And uh, many of you have probably heard sermons on love about Ruth and Boaz. But we're not going to jump into to, to Boaz. I, I want to focus on something uh, before she even meets Boaz, before even she even gets to that point. And, you know, in the story of Ruth, we see that Ruth, Ruth and Orpah, uh, two, there were two women of Moab. They had been married to two sons of Elimelech and Naomi. They were Judeans who had settled in Moab uh, to, escape, to escape a famine in Judah. And I'm paraphrasing right now. Um, the husbands of all three of the women died. So Naomi, Orpah, and Ruth, all three of their husbands died. Naomi lost her husband and she lost both of her sons uh, at the same time. It's a, it's a devastating moment. It's a, it's a terrible moment. Um, and so she loses, they lose all three of their husbands. Naomi's just lost her husband and both of her sons and is about to return to her native home in Bethlehem. And I'm going to pick up in Ruth chapter 1 verse 8. And it says this, but on the way, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back to your mother's homes and may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they all broke down and wept. No, they said, we want to go with you to your people. But Naomi replied, why should you go on with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who could grow up to be your husbands? No, my daughters, return to your parents' homes, for I am too old to marry again. And even if it were possible... And I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not, my daughters. Things are far more bitter for me than for you. That's a sermon in itself. We'll skip that one for today. Because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. And again, they wept together and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth, but Ruth replied, and this is what I want to focus on right here, verse 16. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I'll go. Wherever you live, I will live. 
Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her because she said, uh, uh, she said nothing more. And so to this morning, I want to look at the story of Ruth. And I want, I want us to take some notes from her life, from some examples from her life. Because, because of Ruth's faithfulness in this moment. Not because she married Boaz, not because she met Boaz, not because she found the man of her dreams, but because of her faithfulness and her love in this exact moment, she is blessed beyond measure. She, be, she uh, ends up being in the lineage of Jesus himself, right? And so scripture looks at Ruth as one of like almost on the Mount Rushmore of faithfulness and love. And it was in this moment that she presented the greatest picture. It's the same picture that Jesus presented to us, right? When he came and he gave of himself selflessly, he sacrificed himself. Ruth sacrificed her future. She, she sacrificed uh, any, any plans that she might have. She put those on the back burner and said, Naomi, I'm gonna cling to you. I'm gonna hold on to this relationship. I'm gonna hang with you. I'm gonna walk this thing through with you. Says she clung to Naomi. She chose to love unconditionally. And because of that, God blessed her unconditionally. See, Orpah, we don't talk about Orpah much, right? She just, she kind of goes on her way. But if you think about it, Orpah had the same opportunity that Ruth did, right? Most people have, if, you, if you've been in church for any amount of time, a lot of people have heard of Ruth, but not everybody's heard of Orpah, right? Orpah had the same opportunity that Ruth did. Orpah was presented with the same dilemma that Ruth was, but she decided that it wasn't worth it. She walked away, she went back, she, she saw the scales and she was like, man, this doesn't look good for me, right? I need to find me a man, I need to do this and that. I've gotta go back to my homeland and, and retreat. So Orpah had the same opportunity to be this, this stalwart of scripture that Ruth had, but she chose to walk away from it. She chose to let go of it. And listen, today, man, we live in a culture where love is so fickle, love is, love is so conditional. You know, what can I get out of this? What is this gonna do for me? It's conditional. Listen, love is, is not conditional. It doesn't matter what that person can do for you. God's put you there for a reason, love them anyway. And so Ruth says, hey, listen, I'm not gonna get anything out of this. There's no benefits. Listen, it wasn't like Naomi was, was rolling in it, right? Naomi was broke, she was a widow. She had nowhere to live, she had nowhere to go. But Naomi said, I'm gonna hold tight to this relationship because God has put me in this place for a reason and I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna leave you alone. I'm not gonna let you do this alone. I'm not gonna let you walk through this alone. And we're in a culture, we're in a culture that love is, is, is so conditional and it's so easily broken, you know? Somebody says something that we don't like and we, we break off that relationship. You know, we're not friends with them anymore. She offended me. You know, I, I'm married to them, but I, I didn't really like the situation. I, I, it wasn't what I signed up for, so we got a divorce. Listen, love is not conditional. It's not about what you can get out of it. And so to, to this morning, I just wanna encourage you. Let's look at the, the life of Ruth and begin to say, God, what are, what are the truths that I can pull from this story and apply to my life? Listen, I believe that if we as a church, as we, if, we, if, if we as Jesus followers would say, hey, you know what? I'm, begin, I'm, gonna, <laughs> okay, Lord. I'm gonna begin to love 
like Ruth loved, right? I'm going I'm to begin to hold on and cling to the relationships that God's placed in my life. I'm going to love like Ruth loved. If, I believe if we do that, then we'll see our city changed. I believe if you'll do that in your family, you'll see the relationships in your family change. The atmosphere of your home will change if you'll begin to say, God, it doesn't matter what you throw, what, what's thrown at me. It doesn't matter what situation I'm facing. It doesn't matter what they say or what they do. I'm gonna, I know that you've placed them in my life for a reason, and I'm going to hold on to that relationship because that's what you've called me to do. You've called me to love them. You've called me to, to hold on with everything that I have in my being. And so I believe that God is looking for some people who will begin to look at people how he sees them and begin to love people how he loves them. Not out of, out of convenience, not out of conditions, but out of, the, out of the, the agape love that was given to us when his spirit came upon us. If we love people like Ruth loved Naomi, we would see revival in our cities and in our families. Listen, it makes more sense to walk away. It makes more sense to do what Orpah did. When somebody hurts you, when there's pain, when there's, there's a situation that it blows up and it's just messy, right? It makes more sense to just walk away. But that's not what God's called us to do. God didn't call you to walk away. He called you to hold on. And so this morning, I don't know where you're at, but I know that every one of us in this room, online, over at Foley, at airport, we're in relationship in some way or another, whether it's marriage, whether you're dating, whether it's friendships, whether it's within your family. And there's some relationships in your life that right now God is saying, hey, I, I know you feel like giving up. I know you feel like walking away, but I've called you and placed you in that moment in their life for a reason. And it's time for you to buck up or shut up. It's time for you to hold on, to grab a hold of it and say, I'm not letting go. I'm gonna follow you wherever you go, I'm gonna go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love you whether you want it or not. God's called us to love. It makes more sense to walk away. But we've got we've to get to the point in our lives and our relationship with Jesus where, man, I'm going to hold on to this relationship and I'm going to keep holding on and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to put heaven into them. I'm, I'm going to try to love them all the way to heaven. And pastor says this all the time. And if they go to hell, they're going to have to do it stepping over my dead body. Because I refuse, I refuse to watch my city burn. I refuse to watch my schools burn. I refuse to see students and adults go to hell while I'm sitting in my comfy seat on a Sunday morning. That's not enough. It's not enough. God has called you to get up on Monday morning and to march yourself to work. And to begin to love that person that gets on your last nerve. And begin to love that person that stabbed you in the back. To begin to love that person that, that said all of those mean things about you. He's called you to get up and, and love those people. We're called to love. And I believe that if we'll love people the way that God's called us to. If we'll love people the way that Ruth loved Naomi. Just like God honored Ruth, God will honor you. You may not see it in this lifetime, but God will honor you. He will reward you for doing what you've been called to do. Listen, it's, it's cool to be able to be on this stage and speak. I, I enjoy it. It's the, one of the greatest honors of my life. 
But if, if, I, if I walk off this stage today and it ends right there, then, then this is for not, this is for nothing. It's worthless. No, I've, I've got to go home and I've got to love my wife. I've got to go home and I've got to love my kids. I've got to, I've got to look them in the face and say, baby, I know you messed up, but I love you. I know you messed up, but I love you. I've got to walk out of this place and I've got friends who are dependent on me to be the man that God's called me to be. And so this morning, if you love Jesus, if you consider yourself to follow, a follower of him, there are people in your life who are dependent on you. They are looking to you for the answers. They are looking for you to show them the love of God. So love them well. Do it with everything that you got. Pathway, love your friends. Love your family well. Let's love our city well. Let's love our schools well. Anybody that is in our sphere of influence, man, we've got to love them well because their souls are dependent on it. Their souls are dependent on it. We've got to love better. All over the house, will you go ahead and will you stand with me? Will you stand? Foley Airport, you guys can stand with us. You know, following Jesus' resurrection, he's talking to Peter, right? Peter's, Peter's my guy, right? He's the guy that's like, I love Jesus, but I'll cuss you out too, you know? <laughs> Anybody know a guy like that? That's not, I, that's not me, that's not me, but I, but I know some guys, I know some guys, you know? Peter, Peter's that guy. And so I've always admired Peter. And Jesus was having a conversation with Peter on, on, the, on the beach and he says, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yeah, of course. Jesus, I love you. Jesus said, no, no. Peter, do you love me? And he said, yeah, I, I, I love you, Lord. And he asked him one more time. He said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, of course I do. I, I'll do anything for you. See, the problem here was Jesus was saying, do you love me? Do you, do you agape me? Do you love me unconditionally? And Peter, at this point in time, he hadn't been to the, to the upper room yet. He hadn't experienced the Holy Spirit in his life. So he didn't understand what agape was. He didn't understand that kind of love. He responded in brotherly love. Yeah, Lord, of course I love you. You're my homie, right? You're my guy. We've done life together. We've walked together. I've, I've seen you heal people. I've seen you do incredible things. I, you're, you're my friend. You're my partner, right? We're, we're, we're good. And Jesus said, no. Do you agape? Do you love do you love me? And so this morning, I want you to know that obviously, if, if you keep reading that story, you see that Peter goes to the upper room and, and the Holy Spirit comes and, and uh, they begin to go out and preach. And Peter that day wins like 3,000 people to the church because he finally understood. The Holy Spirit revealed to him what agape was all about. Listen, you can't operate in agape love if you don't operate in the Spirit of God. You can't operate in the, God, in the love that God's called us to love people with. Like he, he's called us to have brotherly love with one another. But you'll never understand God's love. You'll never understand agape love until you've encountered the Holy Spirit. Until you've had an encounter with Jesus that changed you forever. And so this morning there are people in this room who don't know the agape love, who, who haven't experienced that agape love. And I'm gonna pray this morning that God will, will meet you right here today in this moment. I'm gonna pray that he'll encounter you today in a real way. 
can't love people like God loves people without the Holy Spirit. And so everybody looking around, you ain't gotta close your eyes, any of that stuff. Is there anybody in the room today that would say, you know what, Cody, I, I understand what you're saying, that there are some relationships in my life right now that I have not been walking in agape. I have not been walking in the spirit. I have not been walking as the man or the woman that God's called me to be. I haven't loved my family the way I should have loved them. I haven't loved that cousin, that uncle, the way that I should have loved them. I haven't loved my friends the way that I've been calling to love them. And today I just need to ask the Holy Spirit to come alongside of me and to give me the strength to walk in that agape love. Is there anybody that would raise their hand and say, Pastor Cody, that is me. I'll be the first one. Yeah, hands all over the room. And I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna pray for you that the Holy Spirit would encounter you in this moment, that he would strengthen you, that he would give you that agape love, that you'd begin to see people the way that he sees people, that you would begin to feel his heartbeat. Help me love better. Everybody, heads bowed, eyes closed. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I'm gonna pray for those that lift their hands in just a moment. But if you're in the room and you say, you know what, Cody, I've never experienced that agape love. I've never experienced God's love in, in general. I've never said yes to him. I'm not in relationship with him. I don't know him as my Lord and my Savior. And today I want to make that decision. You talked about Jesus who came and he, he gave of himself and he died on a cross for me to, to live. And I want to experience that freedom that Jesus brings this morning. You say, Pastor Cody, I've never said yes to Jesus, but today I wanna to walk in relationship with him. Is there anybody that would raise their hand and say, that's me, would you pray with me? Yeah, I see that hand. I see that hand, yep. And if you raise your hand, it's simple. You just pray this prayer, God, change me. God, I know that I'm a sinner. God, I know that, that, that I'm in the wrong and I'm in need of a savior. And this morning, I acknowledge that you're God and I'm not. And so I receive you into my life. I ask that you would come and that you would wash me clean, that you would change me from the inside out, that you would be my Lord and my Savior so that I can walk in freedom, that I can walk in love. If you prayed that prayer and you raised your hand, you believe that in your heart and you believe that Jesus died and rose again and sitting at the right hand of the Father, then today you're saved. And angels are rejoicing all over heaven in this moment. And we're gonna rejoice in just a moment as well. But I wanna pray first, I wanna pray for you. There were hands all over the room that said, I need the power of the Holy Spirit to help me love my family. I need the power of the Holy Spirit to help me walk in that love. And this morning, we're gonna believe that right now the Holy Spirit is gonna meet you where you're at. So Father God, you saw the hands that were raised. Jesus, you know the need. God, that we can't do this without you. Holy Spirit, we can't do this without you. We don't wanna do this without you because in our own strength, in our own power, we're not good enough, we're not strong enough. We can't do it on our own, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can walk in the calling that you've placed on each and every one of our lives. We can say, I'm gonna love my neighbors. I'm gonna love my family. I'm gonna love this city straight into heaven. And if they go to hell, it's gonna be over my dead body. I wanna hold on to them like Ruth held on to Naomi and say, I'm not letting you go. I'm gonna love you until you get it. And so God, I ask that right now in this moment that you would give us the boldness and the strength and the courage to do that, to step out and be the men and women of God that you've called us to be. Help us to love our cities well. 
Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us slash give. We'll see you next week.